Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Talks with Tori, the podcast. I am so excited about today's conversation. It is with one of my very, very dear friends, Michaela. I have known her for almost a decade at this point since she was like 15 or 16. Um, When I was Miss Florida, she was my teen and then she went on to be Miss Florida as well. We'll share a little bit about that story, but we've done mission trips together and she genuinely feels like my little sister, but I also glean just so much wisdom from her. She is just an amazing, incredible woman of God. Um, But before we jump into that conversation where we talk about like all the things, I wanted to give y'all just a little bit of encouragement from the book of Joshua and the story that you probably know very well, which is when the walls of Jericho came crumbling down. But what I want to talk to you guys about is the fact that God directed Joshua to tell the people that they were going to take Jericho, that it was already given to them, and that they needed to walk around the city six days. So one time around the city for six days and not say anything. And on the seventh day, they were to walk around the city. And when the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant blew their horns, the walls were going to come crumbling down and they could take the city. And what was crazy as I was reading it was I picked out that word. It's in chapter six, verses 20. And it says this, I'll just read it. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town, and they captured it. And I feel like so often, we want that suddenly moment. We want to suddenly be in the career we want. We want to suddenly be in the relationship we crave. We want to suddenly be engaged or married or pregnant or have the house or whatever that might be. But what was behind that suddenly moment was obedience. And I know in this regard, it was like seven days, and I'm sure um, a lot of us have been in waiting seasons much longer than a week. But if we think about it in terms of God's plan really made no sense physically, right? Like you're going to capture the town by walking around it silently for a couple days like that. That's not the normal plan of action to get to the goal of capturing a city, right? And so sometimes God is going to call us to do things in a way that's countercultural, that looks different, and that obedience is going to take some blind faith to be like, okay, God, like this is not the normal route to get to this goal, but if you're calling me to this, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stay obedient. And if you think about what would have happened had they stopped on day three or day five or even day six, they would have never experienced that suddenly moment and the walls would have never came crumbling down. And so my encouragement to you today is to stay obedient, stay consistent, And remember that God's plan and God's way is always so much better than our own. Okay, before we jump into the conversation, I just want to 
thank you guys again just for listening. Like that means more to me than you'll ever know. Um, But if you have the time, if you're listening over on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, if you want to take just like 30 seconds and leave a quick review, it means the world to the podcast and it just helps more people find it, which is amazing. And then also if you're watching over on YouTube, if you want to give it a like, if you want to subscribe, be a part of this community, my goal is always that you just feel like you're sitting on the couch, having a conversation with two girlfriends and you leave encouraged or inspired in some way. And also so many of you have already signed up for the Toxitory email list. And I will just say, first and foremost, thank you. And second, there's very, very fun things in the works behind the scenes and the email list will be the first to know. And so if you have not already signed up, the link to that will be in the description. So anyways, thank you for being here and let's jump on into the conversation with Michaela. Oh, I'm so <laughs> excited to have you on the podcast. I feel like Aww. we've been talking about this for a while, like a long time, yes. but we just have so much to catch up on. And I know that mm-hmm. we caught up a couple months ago, but I feel like so much in your life changes so quickly. And so, so quickly. how is marriage in this season? How long have y'all been married now? Oh, well, marriage is the best thing ever. We've been married a year and a half already, almost two years in January, which like that didn't even exist. I feel like the first year was just like a blip. Yep. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, now it's just getting faster and faster. What the heck? It flies by. It flies. And no one warns you about that because the first year of marriage is so like sentimental doing yeah. all the first bit, like first Christmas and, you know, first time getting like yes. holiday decor. It's just so fun. But um, gosh, it's just so sweet. I think there's been moments where like, I look over at Grayson, my husband, and I'm just like, I can't believe like life could be this, this sweet, this full, mm-hmm. like, and I know everyone has like a different experience. A lot of things can happen your first year. You learn so much about yourself and about yeah. the other person, obviously, but it's just felt so grace. There's been yeah. times where I'm like, I can't believe like I'm just now living with you. I feel like you've been like Here forever. my roommate yeah, yes. my whole life. But you so, had other roommates. Um, you had lots of sister roommates. <laughs> yes. I mean, there there is truly nothing like living in a house full of girls. But I will say a boy is totally different. Um, but mm-hmm. Grayson, this is a funny kicker. He actually is I hate to admit it. He's the cleaner one. Okay. Okay. Wait, okay. Funny twist. (laughs) I need to know the distinction because Chad and I are different when it comes to cleanliness. I am more of a, like, I don't like a mess. You know what I mean? Like I don't like clothes everywhere. Like I can keep the house looking clean, but when it comes to like deep cleaning, like really like the actual cleanliness, I feel like my standard is not as high as Chad's. I'm just like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll hire a cleaning person for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, a thousand percent. And he, he's very detailed. And I think that's what I had to get used to even with like laundry. Yeah. He likes certain things hung up, certain things cleaned separately or washed separately. Yes. Yes. I guess more boys are alike than we think in yeah. that area. Okay. Well, I will say this too, just to give them a little credit, because when I started doing Chad's laundry, I just noticed that with some of his shirts, even like nice ones, it would shrink. 
And so like, yeah. if they're not True. hung up dry, like they literally will shrink. And so now I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I have anxiety doing his laundry and I'm like, <laughs> I would prefer to hang up everything outside of his t-shirts and athletic shorts because True. I'm like, everything's going to shrink. Um, yes. And so no, I will time for, I'm like, no, I'm the same exact way. I was like, should I hang up his boxers? <laughs> Why is everything shrinking? <laughs> so yeah, wow. Lesson learned after I destroyed a few work polos, but it's fine. You know, yep. you just move on. You say sorry. You learn along the way. Chad's so funny. He's like, if it shrinks, then that means it wasn't good quality. I'm like, actually, that's not the case. It was actually really good quality and it still shrank because it was like linen or like really, you know, whatever. But um, no, I definitely feel like that was, that was one of the adjustments and us just having to like figure out the different roles. Like he's definitely like, he'll take out the trash, but I'll clean up the dishes. But he also like cooks a lot more than I do. And so Mm -hmm. was that interesting for y'all to navigate? Like what role is kind of who like how do we play this partner game oh for sure I mean yeah you you really learn how to like play house (laughs) and like there are things where I was like okay traditionally this is like a woman's job you know like laundry and cooking but that has not been the case I mean I obviously love to cook I do the laundry I clean all the things but so does he and so that's what's so nice is we just truly like split it down the middle but Yeah. yeah I would say like just learning the little things that he values Mm -hmm. has been very important for me because for me I'm like oh just throw it all in the washer I could care less yeah and like usually I feel like that wouldn't be the girl um but it's fun you know you're with your best friend and you work together as a team and that's where like yes we've had our times where you're just like okay the bathroom is a like a bomb went off after I curl my hair and do my makeup but And he was just laughing about about that um, before this podcast. He's like, (laughs) literally, this bathroom was clean and all it takes is for one 30-minute makeup session and it's Mm -hmm. just like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I feel like as soon as I Sorry, I get go to get ready, I'll like throw the clothes that I take off like on the counter and then yes. everything else comes out and then all of a sudden 2 days later I have three different outfits piled on the counter. But I will yes. say this happens because I take a bath with Micah every night. Like it's part of our little bedtime routine. And so I'll like mm. literally take my clothes off and get in the bath with Micah and everything else. And then when we get out of the bath, we have our little routine and we play and I put Ooh. my jammies on and it's so cute. But then I need to do this. I am telling you, cause I will get upset with myself that I don't do this almost every single morning if I forget. Mm -hmm. But my friend Malena, she always talks about like closing out the kitchen at night. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of this like concept? Okay. Keep talking about it. Cause I think I have recently and I need to get on this train. Yes. (laughs) And so I think I started avoiding it a little bit when Mike was having a hard time sleeping because his room is right next to the kitchen. And so I was nervous if I started to do the dishes and make a lot of noise, I'd wake him up because his room is right there. But like once he's already fast asleep, like he's totally fine. And then I just got out of the habit, but I was really in the habit for a long time of like closing down the kitchen. So like after dinner, before you go to bed, whatever it is, you close out the kitchen. Like you can go in and have a little something later, but like counters wiped down there's a load of dishes going so in the morning you can just unload the dishes and then you pile them up throughout the day and then you just load them up at night and it's like this really Mm -hmm. good little rhythm and routine and then we just got out of the habit and then I recognize that so much but I feel like I need to have almost better rhythms especially I think it's 
and I don't know of this, but like I had an easier time apartment living with this, but I think because our home got bigger and there's way more places to pick up and and we're still working and I'm now mom and now there's toys everywhere. There's like so many more places to pick up that sometimes I, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you get like overwhelmed. So then you get paralyzed and you're like, um, but I need to set these like um, 15 minute timer. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it really is crazy how much you can get done in 15 minutes. It is. And just you bringing up the timer thing reminded me of how my mom would do that all the time. I like distinctly remember her putting 15 minutes on the microwave timer and she'd be like, all right, all four. So I'm the oldest of four girls. And she'd be like, everybody has a job. Let's see what we can do. And when this timer goes off, like stop what you're doing, you're done. And like you said, it's amazing how much you can get done. I mean, we would get half the kitchen done and then have like a dance break in the middle of it. But Hey, you know, you get, you get what you got done. Okay. You, you brought this up. Well, kind of, you brought this up, but it just, I don't know. I want to talk about it for a second. I feel like you and your mom, and I can say this because I've literally spent weeks at a time with you and your mom have the sweetest relationship. And I just don't feel like that's always the case for mother daughters. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there can be like a lot of complexities inside of like mother daughter relationships and I genuinely feel like your mom is one of your best friends, but in mm-hmm. a healthy way. Cause I do think there's like some unhealthy tendencies as well that I've seen, but like, I feel like yeah. you navigate this with your mom so well. And do you feel like there's something that happened like in childhood through adulthood? Like how did y'all cultivate that? Do you feel like it was like mm-hmm. a lot of the way she raised you or maybe your personalities or yeah, I'm so yeah. curious because I want to be Aww. a girl mom at some point. And so I always like look to mother daughter yes. relationships and I'm like, what, what's different there? Oh, and she is the best though. And I'm going to have to tell her that you said that because my mom is a girl mom to a T has four girls and she's a strong personality. So yeah. she's a New Yorker. Like, you know, what she says is what she feels and what yeah. she means. Um, and so I think I had to like really learn from a young age. Like my mom truly just wanted the best for me. But also I think one thing that kept us so close is my mom is so spirit filled and spirit led. And so when she would say things, I truly felt like it was an extension of the Holy Spirit, like speaking in and through her. So not only was I valuing her motherly perspective, but I also felt like she truly did have the discernment from the Holy Spirit when she was saying things about like, you know, maybe you should try dance. And then as she said that when I was seven years old, here I am at 25, almost 26, a dancer and love dance. And that was something that she saw in me, but also I think the Lord was there to like bring out the gifts too. So Yeah. yeah, I would just say like my mom, is truly so fun. She is fun. (laughs) She's like the most fun person. Um, But we've had to navigate like changes in our relationship as well ever since I got married because obviously you You have a new person. Yes. And Grayson is, yeah, is my go-to person. And so that was a change in transition. But now I feel like with distance, like my relationship with my mom just got even stronger. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just, there's something so special about having a close relationship with your mom and yeah. just going to her, not only as like a godly model and person in your life, but also yeah. just as a close friend and someone who's done life before you. So no, that's so good. She's and the I, best. I genuinely think that, um, we lack so much in our mm. culture today going to women 
of wisdom that are yeah. seasons ahead of us. I think that mm-hmm. because of social media, we so often look at our peers to say, how do I mm-hmm. do this? How do I navigate this season? And it's from people who are literally like in the same season as us. And there's nothing wrong. I think it's important to walk hand in hand with those that are in the same season, but it literally in the Bible talks about how the women of old should be teaching and cultivating Mm -hmm. the women of young and like teaching them how to love their husbands and raise their children and all of Mm -hmm. those things. And I think that we don't give enough value and we don't seek it out enough. And so, I mean, even going on mission trips with you and your family Mm -hmm. and having your, I was literally DMing your mom like today. Um, and she was like, if I don't meet Micah soon, I'm like, I know she is not coming to meet Micah yet. She has, I can't believe she hasn't met him yet because every time I see her, she goes, that baby's literally perfect. I was like, mom, he's just as perfect in real life. <laughs> he, that baby is perfect. He's so sweet. He's so sweet. He's the best ever. Oh. But yeah, like what you said, I mean, whether it's like in your, you know, direct family or it's like a motherly figure in the church or through a friend group, it's so important to have that person in your life who you can go to. But then yeah. they also see something in you that they can pull out of. Yes. And I think that's what my mom saw in you even back in Miss Florida days. I mean, Aww. TBT. And it's just crazy to think that was once our lives. That was almost like... a decade ago for me, by the way. Yeah, that is so crazy. Yeah. 10 years. Oh my God. I think it was nine years, but like we're getting really close yeah. to like a decade. And so I think it's so funny because that's when we connected. That's when we became mm-hmm. sisters, friends. And mm-hmm. it's like, I forget that that's how we connected sometimes. I'm like, oh, Michaela. I know. But it's like, yeah, man, it's been a very long time and a lot has changed. Um, I found a picture of us and you were bleach blonde and I had like brown red hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've talked about this on different episodes of just because when I was Miss Florida, I was walking with the Lord for sure. Um, but I was still going through a lot. Like I was still in a different relationship that was kind of unhealthy. And like there was still a lot of like very interesting things going on in my life at that time it was when my parents were going through a divorce. It was just a lot was happening at that season of time. And I can just look back on certain pictures and be like very confused by why I don't recognize myself. And Mm. it feels so different. Like I just, I feel like I really am a different person. I think that's why I don't almost, I don't want to say like talk about Miss Florida days. I mean, granted, I'm like very like future focused person. So I'm like, I appreciate that season. Yay. Like now we're moving on. Um, but yeah, I don't like linger there. Cause I'm like, mm, I didn't like love that version of me. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I feel like we all have a season like that where you look back on pictures and you're like, okay, yeah, she was cute and sweet and all, but did you really know what was going on deep down inside? But okay. You know, and but I, Michaela, yeah. I feel like you skipped that season. Like okay, I, that, that I, is not true. <laughs> no, I feel like ever, cause I've known you since what you're 16. Were you 16, 15, 15? 16? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just feel like you didn't ever have that like crazy rebellious stage unless I just didn't see it. Uh, Yeah. I definitely didn't go like crazy rebellion, like college party girl phase, but I have, that does not mean that I have not had like 
some really deep hidden struggles that a lot of people didn't see leading up to finding my husband. And then also recently where like post Miss Florida, post marriage, trying to kind of navigate and figure out where I am in life right now. And then just a lot of career disappointment that we could later get to or I'll later reach in another podcast. But, you know, I think like we can all relate to the fact that we've been in seasons where you could look at a version of yourself and be like, that definitely wasn't who I am today. That wasn't my best. That's not an accurate Mm. reflection of who God made me to be. And so whether it's like a crazy season, like a party girl season where you're not proud of that version of yourself, or it's just a season of like deep discouragement and hurt, you know, we're all growing and yeah. a different version of ourselves that we were before so yeah I may have skipped like the crazy party girl season but <laughs> we still have had our fun moments <laughs> okay so well let's let's talk about this because I feel like I went through a very similar season after Miss Florida because I do feel like that puts so much pressure on someone because you go from like this status and then there's like almost this um yeah, it's just pressure to be like, okay, well, what's sure. next? What are you going to do? And you're like 20, early 20s, you know? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. I wasn't even graduated yet, you know? <laughs> and um, yeah, I took, took a job that I should never have taken. And most people listening no. to this podcast kind of know that story. But I feel like I definitely had some like crazy identity crisis, mm-hmm. everything. Because so much of my life led up to... Miss Florida, Miss America. And then after it's like, mm-hmm. what, what now, you know? What now? Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. You're, you know, in college your whole life and then you graduate college and whether you're, you know, studying to be a doctor or a lawyer, a lot of people come to that like mid 20 midlife crisis moment yeah. where you're like, um, okay, what now? And so, yeah, that really hit me hard. Um, when I became Miss Florida in 2019, I then got caught in the COVID year in 2020. And what's crazy is, so wait, pause. So just for those listening, Michaela was the first and only ever Miss Florida that reigned for two years. So she wasn't just Miss Florida (laughs) one year. She was Miss Florida for two years. And I will say it is a year of service and it is an honor. But I feel like by the time the year is over, you're like, awesome. I'm so appreciative. Bye. (laughs) And you're like, and hello to another year during a major world crisis. A thousand percent. I'm like, great. The world's ending and so is my life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's like really how I felt, Um, which is fine because now it's part of the testimony. But in the middle of it, I was like, wow, this is not what I had in store. Um, But it was so God's plan because it was my second year of Miss Florida that I met my husband and I'm married now to this day, which is just like totally the faithfulness of God. But Yeah. yeah, I mean, I grew up just like you did, Tori. We grew up dancers Mm -hmm. and I grew up dancing and then also training to be Miss Florida one day I mean that was my dream and so you know as much as I wanted to have all these big career aspirations the first step was Miss Florida and so you know praise be to God like a lot of girls go for it and never get that title and I was able to be awarded that title on my second try and and pay off my student debt and forever I'm grateful for that opportunity um with that being said, though, because we are, you know, sinful 
humans. Yeah. We just always want the next best thing. Yeah. And so I was like, thanks God, but now I'm ready for the next thing. Yeah. And I felt like over time that kind of created this like attitude of discontentment. Yeah. Um, and so finally, I mean, I became Miss Florida again the second year. I met my husband, Grayson. We got married after six months. We moved to Naples. And that's when like the rubber hit the road for me. And I really had to say, okay, what is it that I want? Like I've accomplished yeah. Miss Florida. That's amazing. Um, but I was not in my dream job. And I took a job just like how you explained that you – kind of took because you gave into the pressure of other people mm -hmm. um, just to have the next best thing or the yeah. title or the career achievement. And so I took this job and it wound up to not be a fit for me and wound up quitting that job after 10 months. And honestly, now fast forward <laughs> to this current point and I'm like, Lord, I just know like you have just called me to be obedient. Yeah. And that is in, you know, stewarding what you've given me right now. And Right now, I have the opportunity to further my ministry called Brave and Beautiful and pour time into that yeah. and podcast and kind of just be in a season where I'm hearing from the Lord as well, which is yeah. amazing. Um, but gosh, yeah, where I'm at right now is so different than where I thought I would be um, when I graduated college. And so God's been so good. Um, and where I'm at right now is literally so it's so many answered prayers and that's why he has been doing the hard work, which is the heart work. Yes, <laughs> and yes. that's where we've been at right now. But I feel like me and you can really relate to like, mm -hmm. you know, trying to strive to live up to people's expectations and not working out, but yeah. then ultimately coming to the place of like total surrender and being like, yeah. God, I'm putting my hands up. I can't do yeah. this anymore. Well, <laughs> you and know? also the, the idea of, am I trying to please these people or am I trying to please God? You exactly. Know? And I really had to wrestle with that because for so long it was, I'm trying to live up to other people's expectations of me mm -hmm. versus being obedient to a, the call that I feel like God has on my life. And so I remember after leaving the job and then going and working at the women's ministry, it was like literally making $10 an hour mm -hmm. versus coming from like a nice salary with benefits and everything else. Right. And so it was a massive pay cut and um I was so much happier I can't mm -hmm. even tell you how much happier I was like I had to work multiple side jobs just to like keep my apartment at the time and like put mm -hmm. food on the table but I was so much happier and I felt like mm -hmm. what I was actually doing was part of what God was preparing me for which is now looking back it's like wow it was like that's exactly what yeah. I was doing preparing me for what Chad and I now do. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it can be, it can be so tough. And, and speaking of like the walking and obedience part, I've been reading in, um, I'm just going to pull it up real quick. Um, yeah. it's, I was just been, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just been bull. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading in Joshua and I was originally very encouraged by our friend Addison Bervere. He was speaking at, um, this, event that we were at and he was talking about the the wall of Jericho and how so often when we're praying for something we want like the direct efficient method right like yeah if God would have said I'm giving you Jericho you're gonna go in and you're gonna slay it right like you're gonna go mm -hmm. in with all of your swords and all the things and you're just gonna take the town because I've given it to you but that's not what God said right he said right. 
I need you to go and walk around this town mm-hmm. and be silent. And then yeah. go back, and I need you to do that for six days. And then on the mm-hmm. seventh day, <laughs> you're going to walk around it, and the priests who are holding the Ark of the Covenant are going to – you know, blow their, their horns right. and then everyone's going to shout and the walls are going to come crumbling down. It's just mm-hmm. not efficient, right? Like the six days, but then you think about it and it's like, okay, he was talking about how so often in our society, we look at circles as no progress. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm going in circles. Like, I just feel right. like I'm making no progress because everything we do is measured by line graphs and bar charts. And mm-hmm. s- but circles are so often the way of God, right? And mm-hmm. so he was just talking about how every single time they walked around that town, they gained a new advantage. They saw the town mm-hmm. in a new way. And then I was going back and reading it again, and I'm like, man, what would have happened had they started being obedient and then right. on day four said, this is, this is bogus. I'm going to stop exactly. doing this. It's not working. You know, like mm-hmm. I haven't seen well, one brick fall, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we do so many times is you don't see any progress. And so you just give up on what God is doing. And it's yeah. like, no, there's something to be said when you just stay the course and stay consistent and keep yeah. showing up and keep believing that God's going to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what the Lord's been teaching me too, is like, how many times do I put hope in the provision rather than putting hope in the provider and putting hope in who he is and hope in what he's already done. If he doesn't do a single thing again for me, like he's already done enough. And just like you said, going in circles, it's like, if I keep going in circles for 35 to 50 more years, but God's at the center of the circle, then that's all that matters. You know, as long as I'm revolving my whole life around him, Mm -hmm. then I'm right where I need to be. Oh, I love that. I keep Mm -hmm. going in circles, but he's at the center of it. Then I'm right where I need to be. Uh, I love that (laughs) so much. I'm going to sit with that for a second. Um, But yeah, I, um, speaking of that, speaking of Mm -hmm. like your life and what God's been teaching you kind of outside of marriage, outside of career, is there anything that he's been kind of laying on your heart recently? I know that you have brave and beautiful and the ministry is going incredible. Like, is there something specific that he's been teaching you, um, in this Mm. season? Gosh, so much. Um, it's so good to just like, it makes you want to cry honestly. Cause like all it takes is just to hear one word from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is so good and so rich And I think we feel like we need to hear this huge, long story from the Lord. And sometimes he can just speak like one word or two words. And right now he's been speaking to me just about consistency and contentment. And these two words, I really do believe are two things that our culture, our generation so struggles with. And then the symptoms of being inconsistent um, and discontent right. are they, they, it breeds comparison, it breeds envy, it breeds anxiety, it breeds depression. Yeah. And so I really do believe God's just calling his people in his church right now to be consistent with him, like stay yeah. the course. Like we've been saying, like, keep showing up. Like God is a God that remains the same. Like he yeah. never changes. And so if we just keep showing up, like we're going to see God in a whole new way because 
The thing is, is we're changing. He's not yeah. changing. Yeah. Um, and then also contentment. I mean, I feel like we are just such a discontent people. generation. Yeah. Yeah, and and group of people, and a lot of that has to do with social media and constantly comparing ourselves and seeing what we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we truly understand, and this is what the Lord's been showing me, that He has truly given us like everything that we need. Like He is our Jehovah Jireh. Like He has truly provided everything already. Yeah, that we can live in that fullness. I mean, it has transformed my life in the last like six months where. I'm like, God, if you were to take away all my finances tomorrow, like I already have what I need in you. If you were to take away my apartment, if you were to take away family members, if you were to take away my health, like if I can truly get to that point of contentment Mm -hmm. in you, then I know everything else on top of that is, is just overflow. It's just added blessing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I would really say those two words, consistency and contentment are what he's been speaking to me about right now. Yeah. I also feel like we struggle with looking at the goodness of God. Like the goodness of God is somehow contingent on mm-hmm. our life circumstances where yeah. if you look at scripture, it's like, do you doubt Jesus's love for the disciples? No, mm-hmm. like he loved them. He walked with them. He taught them. It's like 11 of the 12 of them were murdered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. And so it's mm-hmm. it's so crazy because we genuinely live in a world where we live in abundance. And I just don't yeah. think we recognize it, you know, mm-hmm. because of comparison, because of seeing everybody else's life. Now, don't get me wrong. There are parts and parts and places of the world that are not living in abundance. I'm just talking about like a lot of us in America. Um, yeah. We, I feel like, for me, I can speak for myself. We live in abundance. And mm-hmm. so often we can just get caught up in feeling like God's goodness is based on these quote unquote mm-hmm. blessings that are like earthly treasures, earthly things. Right. And we were talking about in a podcast recently, it's like we try to build these like mini paradises here on earth mm-hmm. versus walking from a place of the fact that we have paradise with him already secure And so we can walk with that eternal perspective saying, I don't need to build and hoard and do everything and maximize everything here on earth because I would rather live in a way that I'm open and available to, to give and to usher in and steward and bless and really and truly focus on like, what does it look like to further the kingdom here? Like genuinely, right? Mm Because I think in social media, it can get really easy to be like, well, I posted a scripture today, right? And you almost like check off the like, okay, well, I, you know, shared something and I like check off the little Christian box and whatever it is. And it's like, but do I pass someone who's in need and actually stop and try to meet Mm -hmm. that need for them? Like, are my eyes open to actually being the hands and feet of Jesus in the here and now? Like, have I made Mm. myself available to my community that might be hurting or struggling? Like, what am I actually focused on, you know? And there was, exactly, there was um, a Francis Chan thing. Um, I actually think I was just talking about this with Hannah. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but he like takes the really long string and there's like a tiny little piece on the edge of the string and you can't even see the like end of the string, but there's like this tiny little piece that's red 
And it's like we focus so much on this tiny mm-hmm. little part of the string that is red. And that is mm-hmm. our life right here, right now. And we don't put yeah. any focus on the rest of the string, which is eternity, which is so much longer. Mm-hmm. And I just recently, I don't know where I saw this, but it was like, we cannot take anything to heaven. So like yeah. the day that we die, the money, the house, mm-hmm. the clothes, none of it goes with us. But the yeah. one thing we actually can take to heaven with us is other people. Totally. That's so good. And I was like, you know, I've never really thought about it like that. Like, I've never mm-hmm. really thought about it in the way of, like, you always hear, like, you don't, um, you can't bring anything to heaven with you, you know, et cetera. But it's like, well, we can bring people. And so what right. am I, what am I doing today to bring more people with me? You know, like, exactly. what can I do today to share the good news with someone to go out of my way for someone? Because I just want to say this, there are people in the church that mm-hmm. are lost and hurting, you know, and a so thousand percent. I think so often we think, well, oh, they go to church. They're totally fine. You know, and it's mm-hmm. just like that is not necessarily the case. And so right. making sure that we're like praying for the Holy Spirit to um, open our eyes to the needs yes. and the people and everything. And you come from um, a family who loves like mission trips. And mm-hmm. have you done that like your whole life? I know you did it since you were young, but. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I started when I was 10 years old and my mom, that's been her heart from the beginning too, is just to go out and, and make disciples. And my mom's dad is a pastor. And so I feel like it's kind of been this generational, just like heart of ours is just to, to go out and just, you know, make the nations know, know who Jesus is. And you bring up such a great point. You know, I think so many times we can get just like caught up here on earth of like, okay, let me just, climb the corporate ladder, achieve, you know, X, Y, Z, get my husband, get my kids. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's all great. (laughs) And like, Mm -hmm. that is so many answered prayers. But at the end of the day, like God's given us one thing. And that is to like, go out and make disciples of men. Like that was his final, like, here, this is my, you know, my calling to you. And so um, thankfully, yes, my parents and my grandparents have had a heart for this. And I want to continue to do the same. But Gosh, I mean, you don't need to go to a third world country these days to reach yeah. the lost. I mean, yeah. they're literally at your dog park. They're at yeah. Publix grocery store. They're at the gas station. And, you know, I think it's so much harder for us to see the people in front of us um, and say, those people need to be reached. And I should have the salvation message with them yeah. rather than be like, let me get my backpack on and go to Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah. And, you know, because sometimes even that can seem like, a little bit more of an experience and you're stepping into the mission field and gosh, I mean, I have three younger sisters and I don't think there's any greater mission field than a college university or a high school right now. And so that's where I'm like, it's time for honestly, just the church to rise up and become more equipped than ever. And Mm -hmm. it's harder, I think now than even it was for our parents and for my grandparents, um, because the world is getting darker, but that's why God has left us with the armor of God and there's no greater time than now to put the full armor on and and get on out there and start linking hands with people to bring them to heaven. I mean, I look at it, like you said, I mean, we, I recently I've been like, gosh, we have like a ticking timer on our like wrists right now. Like it, no day is guaranteed. And so my prayer and my hope is that we can just 
gosh, find the courage to just start going to the dog park, going to, you know, the grocery store and just starting to have those conversations, you know? Yeah. What would you say to the person who's like nervous to have the conversation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I've definitely been there before. Um, I've given the salvation message in a Chili's in Claremont <laughs> and I was really I nervous. Yeah. I'll never forget it because it was with a waiter and mm. I was like, Oh my gosh, I have been a Christian for 10 years. I don't even know how to do this. Yeah. Um, but I would just encourage them that like, just meet them where they're at, meet them with love, you know, don't feel like you got to hit all the salvation points or you got to say all the things like, first of all, come to them like where we all have been is hurting and lost and we have a lot of questions and we don't know who God is and just meeting them where they're at is honestly one of the most powerful things you can do as the hands and feet of Jesus. And so um, just starting to ask them questions, you know, like some of the best questions is just, you know, how can I pray for you right now? Where are you at? What's been going on? How are you hurting? Mm -hmm. Um, Making it about them and then pointing them to the fact that Jesus is the thing that will solely heal their heart on this side of heaven. Yeah. And I also love the idea of not making that itself an achievement, you know what I mean? Where you're not, you're not their savior, right? Like Jesus is their savior. And so as you ask them questions, as you get to know them, as you are sharing your experience with Jesus. I think that's why it's so important to have a personal encounter with Jesus. Like you need, like you can't bank on the faith of your parents. You can't bank on the faith of your mentor. Like you need to have a personal encounter and relationship with Jesus so that you can share how that relationship and that encounter has changed your life. And I think when you speak from experience and you're just sharing a story, it takes a lot of the weight off. It takes a lot of the pressure off. And then also just remembering that like he says he will send out his word and it will never return to him void. And so remembering that the result of this conversation is not in your hands and the words that you speak, but it's in the hands of the Holy Spirit. And even if they don't receive it in that moment, like the seed has been planted because I mean, Chad was an atheist in college and one of his like best friends was a Christian and there were so many random conversations where Chad's like, nah, bro, you know, like, mm -mm." (laughs) you know, and it's just like all of these little seeds were planted, but it, he had to get to a place where he was broken and at his wits end. And then he's in a library Googling, you know, scripture mm-hmm. and like Jesus and all this stuff. And then after that, like someone invited him to church. And, and so it's just like the timing of it too in someone else's life. Yes. And so maybe I'm saying that because I struggle with that achiever mindset, you know? And so Me if there's too. anyone else out there who struggles with that, um, hopefully that's encouraging, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No. Well, I, I'm completely there. I think it's, I just had a friend who I just walked through this with her and um, she's 27 and it's crazy because she felt like her relationship coming to the Lord was too late in life and that she had to like make up for all this time that she didn't walk with him. And mm-hmm. she kept comparing herself to people that have walked with the Lord since they were like nine or 10 and I'm like, okay, first of all, that's the enemy because it's yeah. never too late. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. second of all, it's like, you know, when she started to come to me and other close people in her life, um, she just had so many questions of like, where do I even start? Like, yeah. I'm I'm so overwhelmed. And, 
you know, and then obviously a lot of people have to work through a lot of church hurt and a lot of like past things that have happened. And so I just think the most important thing, like you said, is just like, don't have any expectation, just hear them out, come with a heart of love and, and just pray for them separately too. I mean, I make her a priority to be on my prayer list every single day because I can say all the things, but it's truly the Holy Spirit that is the one that is going to convict and lead her to a relationship with him. So yeah, that's so I good. Love that. Well, I love you, Yay. friend. I want to honor your Aww. time. Um, but I also want to give you the opportunity um, just to share with those who are listening, like where they can find you, what you're up to, all the things. Yes. Oh, yay. Yeah. So you can um, follow our ministry. It's called Be Brave and Beautiful on Instagram. Um, we also have a podcast. So it's Be Brave and Beautiful on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Working on a few other platforms, but right now those are the two big ones. And then if you want to keep up with all my personal shenanigans, yes. <laughs> I'm Michaela spelled Michael with an A and then M Wilkes on Instagram. And I just, I love the way social media connects people. So I'd love to just further connect with people there. I mean, that's honestly, Tori, how we just continue to keep up with each other so it's well true. too. And true. I mean, we, you know, said some negative things about social media, but there are some positive things about oh, it. And for sure. This wouldn't exist without it, you know? And I feel exactly. like God calls us to go out into all the world and all the nations. And I feel like social media is such a beautiful tool and way to be able to do that in our daily life. And so no, there's there's so much light on social media if we are the light. You know what I mean? We just yes. have to be the light, find the light. You know, we can't go down the rabbit hole of darkness, okay? Yeah, <laughs> completely agree, girlfriend. Yes. And I'm so grateful for you and just the light that you are shining so brightly and just continue to keep the faith and do what you're doing. I just am so inspired by you and I'm so happy Talks with Tori is a thing and thriving Aww. on YouTube and just so proud of you. I love you. And I'm proud of you too, friend. Okay. Well, we're going to talk again soon. Love you. Bye. Love you. (laughs) Okay. You guys, I hope that you were encouraged by that conversation with my sweet friend, Michaela. Make sure to go find her over on social and connect with her. And as always make sure to like subscribe, leave a review. It means so much to me. And as always, I will see you next Tuesday at two.